The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As spiritual seekers, we often receive guidance on which path to follow. This might be necessary for some time, but as we move along, we need to trust our heart and become our own guide. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us, a place where we can listen to everyone's heart. Your companion on the journey is Jill Asselin. Come join us now on this path of inner exploration. Here is your host, Jill Asselin. Good evening, Altair. Very good evening, Victor. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you very much. It's very nice to have you back. It's been a, a couple of weeks, a few weeks since we, we were together. So I'm glad that um, we are together again. It's, it's always very nice. I've just come in from some lightning and a lot of humidity out at the temples and shrines locally. So I, I, agree, I greet you with a lot of energy tonight. Yeah, we have about the same weather, so it's very <laughs> a, bit, a bit strange, but that's the way it is. So I think it's uh, it's the new moon as well. So it is. There is a lot. Uh, there is a lot on this week. That's true. Yes. Uh, I wanted. To, I will. Um, I understand that you may have one more story and then uh, another meditation. I think the meditation worked very well in the past two shows, and I also got a lot out of them. Um, I would like to start once again with a poem that I received uh, yesterday in my mailbox. I think they are very timely, the ones I received. And it's uh, once again from Rainer Myra Rilke, this uh, Austrian uh, poet. And it's called, it's a, it's a series of uh, sonnets, Sonnets to Orpheus, uh, part two. And it's the number 29. Quiet friend who has come so far. Feel how your breathing makes more space around you. Let this darkness be a bell tower, and you the bell. As you ring, what batters you becomes your strength. Move back and forth into the change. What is it like, such intensity of pain? If the drink is bitter, turn yourself to wine. If this uncontainable night be the mystery at the crossroads of your senses, the meaning discovered there. And if the world has ceased to hear you, say to the silent hearth, I flow. To the rushing water, speak, I am. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Victor. Well, uh, that's very beautiful. I'm going to let the sounds answer you. You, you are the bell. Yes. You, <laughs> Good connection. <laughs> you are the bell. As you ring, what troubles you becomes your strength. Thank you. 
You are the bell. As you ring, what troubles you becomes your strength. May the sound of your bell penetrate to your darkest spots. All your suffering shall cease. The miracle is in your heart. It unfolds like a lotus flower. It unfolds like a spring emerging from the moist and tender earth. Thank you, really thank you to so many of you who have sent messages of love and support and of healing, tears and joy, visions and peace of mind. We're making this journey together, the journey of the shared heart. Not only do we all have a shared heart, so also do the Lord and Lady Masters and Saints of all religions and spiritual walks have a shared heart. And that heart is love. Cherish that love, whether it be between lover and lover, or mother and son, or brother and sister. Love, just a drop from each soul incarnated at this present time on earth, is enough to bring and clear the entire karma of this planet. Your mind is calm, your body relaxed, your breath brings you to the garden of your heart. Can you not see the gift that you hold in your hands, in your heart? Everything we do is by the will of the heart of our Father, and everything we receive is by the grace of the heart of our Mother. Tonight I want to share two stories of my experiences of this unity, the Buddha path and the Christ path. The Buddha path I began previously with a Tibetan Buddhist dream that I had in 1963 when I was two years old. It recurred every night for a year. We didn't have TV at that time, and I had no experience at all of Tibetan Buddhism. It led me to ask mum to learn Japanese from Keiko-san, who was the only person I met who resembled the energies I experienced in that dream. So at age four, when I'd met her at my best friend's birthday party, I was totally enchanted. I fell in love with her and the tea ceremony. She was like my Japanese mother. She treated this little four-year-old boy so honorably. And that started me. It linked me to many mystical experiences on the Buddha path. It wasn't until a Zen vision of Tian Tai Shan, which is one of the five sacred Buddhist mountains, uh, I had that vision at, at university, the University of Auckland in 1983. I was studying the Heart Sutra. The Heart Sutra is a beautiful sutra, one of, considered one of the principal sutras of Buddhism. And my Chinese lecturer at that time, Dr. Man Ying Ip, told me I was a reincarnated Buddhist monk that had served at Tian Tai Shan and that I must go there. Um, the vision that I had was perfect in every detail. She asked if I'd ever seen a picture of Tian Tai Shan, and I said no, and I hadn't. I'd, I'd actually been, in one of her lectures, I, there was a very beautiful set of Venetian blinds that was in the lecture theater, and I had been gazing at it, lost in the wisdom of the Heart Sutra. And as I gazed, the light shone through and it literally transformed and transported me there, transported me straight onto the mountain. There are over 6,000 steps that you climb to the peak and I saw them in the vision. 
I was able to describe um, the temples and the rock features and some of the many treasures that are there. And I asked her, where, where on earth was this beautiful place? And so with a very pale face, she told me where it was, Tian Taishan in China. Um, in, the, in my vision, I took the eastern route, which is the path of the emperors. And at that time, I was actually shortlisted for a Chinese scholarship to study Chinese philosophy in Beijing. While I was waiting to see whether I was going to be approved or not, I traveled to Japan and followed by the path of intuition, uh, the spiritual path of, uh, of Kukai, who is a Japanese monk. And he was the founder of Shingon, the, which is called the Buddhism of the True Word. Now, he started off in Shikoku, and he ended up in Koyasan, where he died some years later. And I did the same thing without actually knowing anything about him at the time. Uh, and I always wondered why, in fact, my wife asked me for many years, why did you go to, why did you follow that particular path? I, I really don't have any idea. It was purely intuitive. Uh, he was introduced, Kukai was introduced to Buddhism formally at the age of 22, which was in fact the same age that I studied Chinese uh, philosophy formally. And like him, I chanted a mantra in isolated forests and mountain regions, and it was extremely sublime uh, just to be out there in nature for hours and hours on end, working with one particular mantra for, for days and days. Uh, because of my Tibetan origins, I chanted Om Mani Padme Hum, which is, of course, one of the most famous of all the Tibetan mantras. Uh, he, like me, had a dream in which a man appeared and guided him to uh, one of the sutras called the Mah Mahavairakanish Sutra which actually contained all the secrets and doctrines he needed um, to form Shingon Buddhism. I actually studied Zen on Shikoku. I meditated for eight hours a day facing a blank wall and being hit by monks with a stick whenever my, <laughs> whenever my focus wavered. I can tell you that's a very good way to learn focus. Um, <laughs> that's right. Your attention and focus it's very, it teaches you to be mindful, teaches you just how much you don't know about focus. <laughs> Um, so Zen was very good. Um, Kukai actually died at Koyasan, which contains the energies of the what's called the womb realm and the diamond realm. Uh, it's one of the most amazing places I've ever visited. I stayed there for quite some time because I was so enamored with the power and the force of the place. It literally vibrates with the higher realms, and it's a very well-kept Japanese secret. In fact, my wife and I live next to another Japanese secret, which is where I've just been tonight. It's one of Japan's 100 most sacred Japanese natural shrines. And it, it contains the combined energies of Benzaiten, Saraswati, Amaterasu, which is the Japanese sun goddess, goddess Kanansama, who of course is my mother, Kuan Yin, and the Shingon Buddhism's original Fudomyo, which, who is the wisdom king quite a fearsome protector and somebody you don't want to mess with. <laughs> uh, so it is a beautiful place. In fact, my wife and I know that we uh, had a past life there about 1,300 or so years ago, and we actually buried a small scroll in a box, and the scroll is the Heart Sutra, and it's uh, underneath that building, underneath the particular shrine. So that, that will be intriguing one day if, we, if it's ever able to be dug up. Of course, it has a shrine sitting on it now. <laughs> After Japan, I, I traveled um, to Thailand because I was really interested in uh, 
Buddhist philosophy. And I traveled from, through Thailand and met Ting, who was a female monk in northern Thailand. And she taught me sound alchemy, how to work with bells and bowls and chants. And from her, after I, I, I'd learned a great deal, I went to Nepal. Now, on the way, I, I actually went through Singapore Airport, and there I met a man at the airport who persuaded me to carry his gigantic teddy bear through customs. Now, as you well know, it doesn't pay to carry anybody's gigantic teddy bear since you don't know what, it, what is in it these days, but I was very trusting and naive. <laughs> and when we reached Nepal, I discovered to my delight that, in fact, I had carried no other than the Nepalese king's son gigantic teddy bear, and I gained free entrance to Nepal, accompanied by trumpet fanfares and no stamp forever for Nepal in my passport. So that was a very gifted and blessed moment. Uh, I was given the king's treatment when I arrived and told I could have anything I wanted. Well, at that stage, I was very interested in spirituality and education. So I asked to visit as many young people throughout Nepal with, who had new ideas on spirituality and education. It was... Uh, Quite uh, an amazing adventure. They treated me like a king, put me up royally. And I, from there, I moved around through the higher, you know, the mount mountainous areas of Nepal and Tibet on top of Nepalese buses around incredibly dangerous chasms. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've posted a video of that online of, of, well, of a similar trip. It, it really, you, you just couldn't believe <laughs> five of us sitting on top of the roof of a Nepalese bus. I, uh, it's, a quite, it's quite an amazing feat. I then went through to Tibet on a Chinese army truck with Chinese soldiers, which was actually terrible because there was a lot of conflict. And even though they were incredibly nice to me, I couldn't help but feel the pain in my heart for the Tibetan people. But that, at that stage, that was the only way I could get in because the borders were closed and for some reason they let me through. I went to Tibetan refugee camps with a group of Belgian ballet dancers in 1985 and we went up right up into the Annapurna ranges and taught dance. I taught break dance and hip hop to, to um, the Tibetan monks and they taught us dharma and meditation and all sorts of other wonderful things. So we, we lived with them. It was really quite amazing, a beautiful experience. And when I was in India and Sanath, which is where the Buddha first taught Dharma, I did the Buddha's walk, which was a really precious and very memorable moment in my life. So Buddhism followed me all the way through for many years. I spent two years in Dunedin, New Zealand with my best friend Grant at the time, who was an initiated Tibetan Buddhist monk. Uh, so I studied at the Dalai Lama's Gelug School of Tibetan Buddhism with Rinpoche Geshe Nawang. Um, that was a very, very beautiful time. And I, from there I met the Dalai Lama when he came in 1992 because I'd run several companies at, by that stage. And so I sponsored, uh, I was one of the sponsors of the Dalai Lama to come to New Zealand. Uh, and he introduced me to Sogyal Rinpoche. He said that was the right path because he knew about my dream and knew some of the experiences I'd had. So I was initiated in um, Tibetan Zojin, uh, which is called Rigpa, uh, in 1993. And that led me to many retreats uh, with Namgyal Rinpoche and Tachin and Wangapeka in New Zealand, and also with Jack Kornfield and Thich Nhat Hanh and Spirit Rock in San Francisco, uh, Spirit, Spirit Rock in 1996. 
Um, it, it is beautiful. The Buddhist path is full of treasures. And as you know from some of my previous talks, that was really the foundation for uh, my love for Kuan Yin and being gifted with the pearl, which manifested out of her heart in 1997. Uh, because of that, I was also led to be initiated in uh, Avlokiteshvara, which is the Tibetan name for her, uh, the, what is called Buddha innocence through a monk who trained with the Tibetans called Seiji Takamori, actually a Tibetan Buddhist monk and a uh, Sri Lankan doctor called Dr. Ranga Pramaratna. So I, I do feel very blessed. Everything has guided me from one mystical experience to another. Right up to the point of meeting my wife, I was able to travel with her in the physical body to the Golden Realms. We were standing overlooking a beautiful natural beach uh, and we crossed a gate and it became a golden gate. We were able to move across dimensions and experience Shambhala, which is the, the Buddhist retreat or the golden city. And she it was the first major experience she'd ever had. She was quite blown away by it. And I was absolutely blissed out to be able to share it with her. So it's it's been a, a, a beautiful experience um, and so, something that the Buddha path, it's something I will treasure the rest of my life and I continue to treasure being guided by my mother, Kuan Yin. Uh, I'm going to take you on a, just a visual experience for yourself now. May I, may I ask a question, please? Yes, certainly. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I'm curious as to what did you learn from the perspective of the heart doing all these trips to these various countries and practices? Uh, very, very simple. Simply, mm? let your, very simply let your heart feel. Be very gentle with yourself and know, know that you have the Buddha within. The Buddha within is in, in your heart, alive, wise, compassionate and loving. So the it Buddha was... Nature, yeah? mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I learned that the Buddha nature was deep within myself and deep within every person and that by spending time at the feet of these different masters, uh, I experienced the Buddha nature within. It was very simple. So that, that's what I'm going to guide you in now for the next few minutes. Thank you. So, I'm going to ask you all to very simply, as you're listening to this, because we're all sharing and we're all experiencing the Buddha, the Buddha nature within. So you can see yourself as the Buddha very simply. If you go inside now with the heart of a child, it's very, very simple. To see the Buddha within, you just need to breathe. Let your heart feel. Let your heart be gentle. Be soft and tender with yourself. Give compassion to yourself. Breathe in your spine, in the spine of the Buddha. Imagine a hollow golden tube of light sitting just inside your spine, going all the way up to the third eye. The Buddha within is in your spine, is in your heart, is alive and wise is compassionate and loving. If you breathe up inside your spine, slowly, gently, you'll see the Buddha within. Just breathe. Let your heart feel. Be gentle. Be soft and tender with yourself. 
give compassion, give love, give sweet love to yourself. See the Buddha within. Go inside with the heart of a child. Breathe. Let your heart feel. Be gentle. Be soft and tender with yourself. Give compassion to yourself. Breathe in your spine, the spine of the Buddha. Imagine that hollow tube of light is now brighter, more pure, deeper and just inside your spine, going all the way up to the third eye. The Buddha within is in your spine and your heart. The Buddha is alive and wise, compassionate and loving. Breathe up inside your spine and see the Buddha within. Breathe. Let your heart feel. Be gentle. Be soft and tender with yourself. Give compassion and love, sweet love to yourself. By the power of Lord Buddha, be still and know thyself. Slowly, take a deep breath. Be gentle, be soft and tender with yourself. Give compassion, give love. Let your heart feel. Your heart is alive and wise. Your heart already knows the Buddha within. Thank you, dear Brother Victor. You're very welcome. Thank you for sharing this meditation. At some point when uh, you were telling the story, towards the end of your story, I I felt again my back, um, kind of movement in my back, like um, you can call it breathing, but um, it's interesting, this part of the body, when I put it against the back of my chair, I can feel again um, movement. That's the way I would put it. I, I understand exactly what you mean. In fact, you'd said that to me in the very first show, I first think, show, yeah. mm-hmm. afterwards. And afterwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, just afterwards. And then in the second show, just after that, I had exactly the same experience. So I thought, uh, Victor, Victor's remembering is, again, affecting me. <laughs> <laughs> you have a wonderful ability to do that. It's a great power or shakti that you have the the ability to help people remember and that that was purely through you i don't normally experience that so i was intrigued that the breathing in my back that you mentioned actually actually came into being through through what you'd said to me so yeah that's a very precious moment to me I mean, it's pretty pretty strong i mean i mean again i, I can sense it it's pretty uh, palpable like the word you used i mean mm-hmm. 
Mm. Exactly. It is. I, I think. I think what is amazing about the spiritual path is that you become very, very aware. And I think the that palpable energy that you're talking about. Of course, everybody experiences it in different ways, uh-huh. but we we do actually share it. So you telling me about it and then me experiencing it was a f- fabulous example of the shared heart. Shared heart that we the connection. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The connection was. Yeah. yeah. Usually, when I meditate, I, t- I tend to have the energy, feel the energy on the other th- other side of the body in the tummy. Yeah. That's why I feel most of the energy, but it's pretty much the same spot, but just on the other side. So it's, yeah, uh, that's intriguing. intriguing. So you're, intriguing, you're, yes. Yes, you're, you're, the chakra, the energy center is opening on both sides. So that is, it's would like it, a, it's, yes, it's like a breath on both, both sides. It's literally. Would it be the, coming from the base chakra or the second yeah. one? Uh, six. No, more the second one. If it, the base one, you'll feel right down in the sacral part. With you, it, feel, it feels to me at this moment, if it's the same experience I had, it's just towards the second chakra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I think whatever has happened, the energy is moving from the base it of is. your spine and up. And it's, so, something is being liberated in a sense. Mm, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 that's exactly that. And in the different... Different times I've sat at the feet of the Tibetan masters, that's exactly what happen. you, happens. You have a, a enormous activations in different parts of your body. And, of course, the, the deepest one, the one that I think causes the biggest tremor in your spiritual soul is when it's right at the base of the spine because that's the seat of the Kundalini, the seat of Shakti, mm-hmm. yep. the seat of Divine Mother's pure it's grace. Starting and, point, yeah. Good. Thank you very much again. I think it's a good time to take a break. I think so too. So thank you very much. And thank you to all of you that are listening out there and that are experiencing out there because that is the essence of what we're doing is that we are sharing this experience together. Thank you. Yeah, thank you too. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jill Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, dear Altair. And thank you, dear Brother Victor. Yes, thank you very much for being here again and for sharing your wisdom and your compassion, I guess. That's what the words that come to mind when I think about Buddhism, wisdom and compassion. And that's what you said in the, in the, in the practice was uh, compassion for ourselves, I guess. It's where it starts. If we can't yes. have compassion for ourselves, it's very difficult to express it to others. So, thank you. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. So, I'm going to begin this uh, second segment with the Christ path and also show some of the unity between the two paths because the masters do share a shared heart like we all do. So I'm going to begin with the sounds again because these sounds are triggering within you memories. They're triggering your DNA to remember ancient memories, to remember things that are very dear to your higher self. Christ path. The Christ path started for me before I was born. The Christ path came way back from my ancestor, Roland Hassel, in 1820. He was actually raised from the dead. He was resurrected and reborn and started the first church in Sydney. What actually happened was he died of tuberculosis and they wheeled his coffin into the church, which at that stage was in England. Uh, they'd, of course, sealed the coffin, and he'd been pronounced dead the day before. And then in the middle of the church service, there was a bang on the coffin lid, and, uh, of course, uh, amongst much commotion, they took, slowly took the nails out of the coffin raised the lid, and he sat up 
and said he had seen the light and that Jesus had visited him and he had been given a mission and that mission was to become a missionary, which in fact is also what the majority of my ancestors and relatives on my father's side became. They were all church missionaries. So Roland Hassel went first to Tahiti and there is uh, a statue of him in Tahiti because he was the first missionary there. But he was rather affronted by the natives' nudity at the time. And he found that too much, in fact, to, for his very pious self. And he moved from there on the first boat to Australia. And he started the first church in Sydney. And there is a street named after him called Hassel Street. Uh, so he's my great-great-grandfather. Uh, so... Knowing that history, that was a very good beginning for my Christ path. And, of course, having the influence of many relatives who were missionaries, I heard many stories from a very young, young age. The first time the divine light came into my life was, in fact, when I was born, which was the year 1961. Uh, I was given by my mother to... Uh, beautiful lady by the name of Mother Adamson, who was a mother superior in a convent in Australia. And she initiated me in the uh, um, rites and rituals of Our Lady, the Virgin Mary. I was from, from birth right up to uh, Mother Adamson died. Every year she would take me and teach me practices, prayer practices, which I have until this day, and give me various relics of Our Lady, which I also have back in New Zealand. And she'd do priceless things like knit me blue and white pure virgin wool clothes, which I wore, and she would knit them. Uh, I felt it was such a precious experience to be under the tender love and spiritual care of a mother superior of a convent. So I gained a lot of knowledge as just a very, very young boy about the Christ path. Um, when I was six years old, I read Little Flower, which is the story of St. Therese of Lisieux. I was transported at the age of age six into St. Therese's house. I know now that I was a soul fragment of her sister Pauline because I, I'm born the same day exactly 100 years later. Um, her sister Pauline was born on September the 7th, 1861, and I was born on September the 7th, 1961. Uh, Pauline became Mother Agnes of Jesus in, uh, in the order of Liso and Carmel. And St. Therese's book, was like a revelation to me. And I remember living the experience of being there with St. Therese in her house through the eyes of somebody else whom I discovered to be her sister. Uh, St. Therese says the most beautiful, simple things. The, the narrow one gets to God, the simpler one becomes. I think that's the most uh, very precious example of what the Christ path is about. The nearer one gets to God, the simpler one becomes. And I always like to say the simpler oneness becomes because we understand the unity that exists between us the closer we get to God because there is no separation. And God's will and God's grace is in everything we do. 
As a young boy, I went to St. Ignatius, uh, as a, which is a Catholic school, and I studied the sp- spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius over quite a number of years. My um, relatives on my mother's side had a long history uh, from, of, uh, of French history because my great-grandmother was born in Lyon and went to in France, which, as you know, uh, Brother Victor is south of Paris and, and a country after your own heart. And <laughs> my very much after your own heart. And my great-grandmother, and I mean, you're very fortunate in having had a number of past lives there, including the Cathar, uh, which has been a great influence in your life. And my great-grandmother uh, went to Sacré-Cœur in Lyon, and so did my grandmother, and so did my mother, and so did my sisters. And in fact, I am also teaching at <laughs> Sacré-Cœur here in uh, Japan, which is quite... S- quite sacred something. Heart, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sacred Heart. So it's kind of an ongoing family relationship. It's really quite, quite beautiful. Um, However, the Christian religion had quite another impact on me. I had been brought up with this uh, beautiful lineage of Mother Mary and St. Teresa of Liso, and yet what I saw happening in the church seemed to be incredibly different. I, was, I went to a Marist school, and I saw the appalling behavior of some of the Marist brothers in their uh, – you did just have to say it was abuse of young boys. I was a uh, great um, – pain to me to actually see what was happening. I, for some reason, and I to this day believe that Jesus gave me these insights, I, there were particular brothers in the school I went to that I stayed well clear of. In fact, it was to my detriment because they disliked me a great deal. I was the only person in my school not to be made a prefect and that was because I really disliked the headmaster. Well, 10 years later, that particular headmaster was jailed for child abuse and Ah. I couldn't tell you to this day what had made me so wary of him but I couldn't even bear him to touch me and I couldn't explain it to my parents either which was very awkward and of course that isolated me from (laughs) a great deal. Um, So... I I saw that it seemed to be a great conflict within the church that that this was happening and that a child like me could see it and yet the adults wouldn't own up or be honest to it. So at the age of 13, I awoke, I rejected the church and I remember asking my mum for an interview with our parish priest and I went over and I told him that I was on the Christian mystical path and I did not accept the hypocrisy that was going on in the church or in the Marist schools. Now, you can imagine a 13-year-old telling a parish priest that didn't go down too well, and I remember he didn't talk to me for quite some time after that. Still, it was that was what I felt at the time. Um, obviously, I, for me, I was on the right path because at the I, just a few years later, at 16 years old, Jesus appeared in my room in white and ruby red robes, uh, the, the same, in fact, as Mary Magdalene wore when she appeared to me many years later in the desert at her retreat. And he said to me, by the power of Jesus Christ, be gone. Th- those were the words. And then he said, this will protect you and others. Place your faith and trust in me. And he was gone. And something happened. I, I was aware. I talked to my mother about this 
event. She said, oh, it must have been a very intense dream because she knew I had intense dreams. I said, no, it wasn't a dream. He came into the room. It's the only time Jesus appeared to me in a physical embodiment in, a, in my room or anywhere else. Um, and from that moment, I was able to do some quite remarkable things. I had a group of friends who were doing seances and other uh, practices, and I was able to cast out the de- the demons that that possessed them. I was also able to heal the sick at that point, which uh, so that was at the age of sixteen. So, any of you that are listening to this out there, and you might find yourselves in trouble or needing help with dark or difficult energies or forces, do exactly that. Invoke the power of Jesus Christ and say in those very words three times, really loud and very clear. By the power of Jesus Christ, be gone. And I tell you, this will protect you and it will protect others in your care. And it's, and it's incredibly powerful. And the, um, so in this group that, had, uh, that were doing seances, one of, the, one of the people in the group died. One was put in prison. And these were quite young people. Only, um, they were 17, 18, 19. Um, and the... Uh, one of the girls came to me and said she was in desperate trouble and she was possessed. Uh, so I got her to lay down on the couch and I said these words over her and she passed out. She frothed at the mouth. She did all the things you see in all those movies about exorcism. And when she woke up about an hour and a half later, she said, oh, I'm, I'm better. I don't feel like I did before. And indeed, she was never troubled again. But that night, that force came outside my room I could sit it's the only time in my life I've seen a demonic force in in such clarity and I just said the same thing to that I stood up it was about two o'clock in the morning I stood up and I said to the open window by the power of Jesus Christ be gone and that demon went so it was uh it was quite a revelation to me the the mystical path of Jesus Christ. And for many years, I studied the beautiful words and experiences of St. Teresa of Villa, St. John of the Cross, Hildegard of Bingham, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, and of course, Mother Mary's own life, and Yeshua or Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and their higher selves, and under and Lady Nada, and also the Archangels, which are connections that we all share. So these were quite, these were revelations to me that these saints and mystics had experienced very similar things to me in the mystical path. Uh, so I, I traveled uh, a lot, and as you're aware from listening to my Buddhist walk, these were, things were going on concurrently. So they very much worked hand in hand. I felt that they were part and parcel of the same spiritual walk. Um, when I reached uh, America in the mid-90s, I experienced a, an angel, which I've related on this show before, when a young homeless girl saw an angel standing at my back. And uh, earlier on this year, I experienced for the second time in my life an angel, and, and this is in the physical. I'm, I've experienced angels in visions, but I'm talking like Jesus, experiencing an angel for real in the physical, appearing in, as a light being in front or, or, or around you. So those were very, very moving 
experiences. I know the angel's name. The angel's name was Haniel. Uh, and Haniel is known as the angel of victory in the Kabbalah or the tree of life, um, which is kind of connected to you, dear Victor, since your name also is connected with mighty victory. Uh, so I, I, there seem to be many parallels whenever I describe things. I often think of you. <laughs> um, from, yes, yes. From, from America, I, I realized from those angelic experiences that I needed to go deeper and seek out a Christian monastic community. So I went, I went back to France and spent time at Taizé in France. Taizé, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've thoroughly have, – have you been there, Victor? Have you? No, I haven't, no. Oh, it's, it's, absolutely, not, it's not far from Lyon, I think I understand. It's no? not far from Lyon. That's, that's correct. I'll, look, any – one who loves music and wants to experience the real heart of the Christian faith. It's run by a beautiful brother called Brother Roger. He uh, encourages young people. They have uh, a, a beautiful farm. And when I say farm, I mean it's an enormous farm. And they have something like 200,000 to 250,000 young people who congregate there uh, to sing and be part of the community that is Jesus Christ, part of the living Christ uh, within each each of us. It's very beautiful. I, I was absolutely. I, I stood out in the middle of the fields alone, and I felt like I had come home there. It was really quite remarkable. Uh, Taizé was quite instrumental during World War Two in helping the Jews to escape all the horrors of uh, Germany at that stage. So mm-hmm. they, it was, it's quite a profound place. You can sense the crossing of many energies and, and the incredible, again, compassion and love that exists. So these are connections that we all share. These are connections that are part of both our Christian faith and our Buddhist faith. And I firmly believe that most people in this planet have had multiple experiences of the type that I'm talking about. And sometimes they just box themselves into their own faith rather than explore it widely. And it's really quite remarkable when you learn to cherish and understand multiple faiths and multiple experiences of the mystical paths in those faiths because you start to really experience oneness. And just like St. Therese said, the nearer one gets to God, the simpler one and oneness becomes. So I, from the, from the very early days, right back to my times with Mother Kathleen Adamson and my I would call them initiations in the grace of my mother Mary. Uh, she taught me a song that I'm sure you, or a, a prayer that I'm sure you all know, called, uh, which is called Saint Francis of Assisi's prayer. It's make me a channel of your peace. So I'm going to, before I take you on the next meditation, which is the Christ path, I'm just going to speak and sing this beautiful prayer to you because it's been in my heart since I was a baby. And it goes like this. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. 
And where there's doubt, true faith in you. O Master, grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my soul. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. So, thinking of these Thank words. Thank you very much, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. Thinking of these words and making yourself a channel of peace. I want you now to see yourself as the Christ. I like the very first. Sorry, I like the very first line, which says, make, uh, "Lord, make me an instrument of your peace." Yes, make me an instrument of your peace is the most yeah. beautiful, one of the most beautiful words in the whole history of Christianity. <laughs> yes. I do think it's. Uh, I think those are also Christ's words. <laughs> so I'm this very lovely and brief meditation is similar to the Buddhist meditation. You can all see yourself as the Christ. So go inside now. Go deep inside with the heart of a child, the heart of a child that seeks the kingdom of God. Go deep inside. See the Christ within you and breathe. Let your heart feel. Just be gentle. Be soft and tender with yourself. Give the compassion of Christ to yourself. Breathe in your spine, the spine of the Christ. Imagine a hollow golden tube of light. It's now very, very bright. Sitting just inside your spine, going all the way from the base of the spine up to the third eye. The Christ within is in your spine. The Christ within is in your heart. Alive and wise, compassionate and loving. Breathe up. Breathe up inside your spine. See the Christ within. Breathe. Be gentle with yourself. Let your heart feel. Be soft and tender with yourself. Give compassion and love, sweet, sweet love to yourself. Let your heart feel. Be soft. Be tender. By the power of Lord Jesus Christ, be still and know thyself. So gently bring your attention back to your heart and let your heart feel. Be soft and gentle.
Be aware of the Christ within. Be aware of the wise, compassionate and loving Christ that you are. Be still. Be gentle. Be soft and tender. Thank you, Brother Victor. Thank you very much, dear Brother Altai. It was a a pleasure to have you with us today. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to be here, Brother Victor. And mm-hmm. I do I do want to say to anybody that is listening that mm-hmm. if you found that those sounds were helpful to you, then by emailing Victor at the Voice of America, you can receive those sounds and he will send them to yeah. you. The, the email is still the same, seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Mm-hmm. Good, thank you very much. I think well, it's time to say goodbye to our audience. Well, thank you too, Victor. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's always a great blessing. Thank you. Goodbye. See you next week. Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giel Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.